born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. See there in verse 27? Because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. This is what took place in Jerusalem. Jesus was there. They condemned him, and in condemning him, they fulfilled the very scriptures that they read every Sabbath day. And verse 28, And though they found no cause of death in him, no reason for him to die, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And verse 29, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, all. You ought to circle that word all in your Bible because it means that everything God promised that would happen was fulfilled. Nothing was left undone. Everything he said in the Old Testament would happen concerning Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It was all fulfilled. It happened just like they were told. Fulfilled all that was written of him. So he's also putting upon the Old Testament the stamp of approval of the inspiration of the scriptures. Because just like when he talked in the book of Luke in chapter 24, when he talks about he opened up their eyes so they could see and understand as he talked to them about the law and the Psalms and the prophets concerning himself. He just put a stamp of approval upon those books in the Old Testament that make up the law and the prophets and the Psalms. It covers the whole Old Testament. And he says they're all true. The Old Testament... Is all true. And then look what he says. In verse 29, And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. Because you see, in the Old Testament, a man was cursed who was hung on a tree. That had to be an accursed man. In other words, you don't do that unless that person is cursed. Jesus Christ was cursed for you and I. And that's why when you read in the book of Galatians in chapter 3, Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. It's a quote from the scriptures in the Old Testament. And Jesus Christ bore our sins on the cross. And get what he says here. In verse 30, you ought to underline this. But God. I love everything. People did this and people did that. <laughs> but God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings. The word glad tidings is the same as good news. Good news is where we get the word gospel. 
So Paul was explaining to them the gospel, the good news, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But not only that, but then he tells them why this is such a good message and such good news. And he's talking to the Jewish people. He said, be it known unto you, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. See, if God forgave you of all of your sins, there's no sin for you to pay for. And see, that's in verse 38. And then in verse 39, where he says, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So nobody could be justified by the law of Moses. He's talking to Jews. And these are the ones who believe you can be justified by the law. They believe they were saved by the law. Because they were Jews. Look who they are. They've been circumcised in the eighth day. And they worshipped uh, true and living God. So they had, uh, they, they were supposed to be good to go. Uh, the only problem was they weren't good to go. And so Paul is preaching this man. Now think for a moment. Do you know you have to have a certain amount of confidence that you're standing on solid ground when you tell people something totally contrary to what they want to hear? Knowing that these people could get mad and want to take my life. In America, you know the worst thing anybody does to us around here says, you know, I don't like that. Or walk away from you. I mean, who gets killed in America for their faith? How many times have you heard about somebody getting stoned, you know, because they witnessed to somebody? I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but most times here in America, there is no persecution as such. We... Don't even do it because we're afraid somebody won't like us. But think about witnessing to somebody you think when you get through, they could kill me. And they're liable to do it. They did do it to John. They've already done it to Stephen. They've already killed James. You know, this isn't, this isn't something they're probably going to congratulate me on. There's consequences to their message. And you and I sometimes, we, we get away with, you know, nobody does anything to us. Makes us go to sleep. But there had to be a certain amount of boldness to say the truth when it's not the easiest thing in the world. But look what he says. He says in verse 31, And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings how that the, and here's that word, the promise. The promise which was made unto the fathers. Remember, there was a promise that God had made to Abraham, saying, In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. It was a reference to the Son of God, the seed. And the promise was that the heathen would be justified by faith. The book of Galatians in chapter 3, verse 6, talks about how that by righteousness was given to Abraham by faith, because he simply believed but in verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So he's letting them know that what Paul was now saying to them was a direct result of the promise that God had made. He kept his word. Now, the thing that you and I, as we read this, uh, we don't have to worry about, you know, 
him keeping his word because of what he promised in the Old Testament. Listen, we get from this that what God said, it's true, and that God will keep his word. Even though it might seem like it's years and years and years later, God does not fail of any one of his promises. He cannot fail. His character hinges upon the faithfulness of the fulfillment of his word. And he says here in verse 33, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. So he's talked about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And get this, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. You see, I know that in John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now his begotten son sometimes can refer to when Christ was begotten by the Father and born into the world. He is begotten, born. But this verse is a reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he's talking about when Christ came back from the dead, he hath begotten him. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, in the sense that he raised him from the dead. His only son that was born, raised again. In other words, he was alive, and then he was dead, and alive again. In verse 34, And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. In other words, a man receives the mercy of God, that you don't get what you deserve. David had committed murder, he had committed adultery, but he got mercy. And because God gave him mercy, the mercies of David is not only of his salvation, which is by grace, but he did not get what he did deserve, and you and I can have the sure mercies of David. We won't get what we deserve, but there is such good news in the gospel and that God had said some things to David. And look what he says there in verse 35. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm. Now he could have said the 16th psalm, but he didn't. He just said another psalm. Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So we know that the word holy one refers to the 16th psalm. Has to be a reference to Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit in the writing of the scriptures takes that Old Testament scripture and applies it to the Son of God himself. And he says in verse 36, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep, laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. Talking about his body. His body died. But the body of Jesus Christ did not see corruption. And in verse 38, these two wonderful verses. I have used these two verses for over 40-something years in talking to people and witnessing to people. Because they are so good. They are so clear. You ought to memorize these two verses or mark them in your Bible so that you know where they are. And this is a wonderful. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, by the mercies of God, that you can understand these things here. He says that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And get the last part of that verse, verse 39. And by him all, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So believing in Christ, you're justified from all things. 
The law could not justify you. They had the law for 1,500 years and never kept the law. And therefore, he says in verse 40, Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. In other words, I'm going to tell you about a work that God has done. How that he sent his son, he died, paid for the sins of the world. There was no fault in him. He had no reason to die. And yet the ones that did this to him read the scriptures every Sabbath day. And in condemning him, they fulfilled the word of God. This is the one that God hath raised from the dead, this Jesus And he will forgive you of all sins, and you can be justified. But he says, it's also told in the Old Testament that I will declare a work unto you. Though a man declare it unto you, you will not believe it. Not because they couldn't believe it, because they wouldn't believe it. So he says in verse 40, Beware therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, And wander and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. So as they went around him preaching, and he had opportunities to speak in the synagogue, he would preach the message. Some people would believe it. Some people would not believe it. But the Apostle Paul went from one place to the next, to the next, to the next. Wherever he could find the synagogue, he'd go in there first, because it was to the Jew first. Because God wanted to use the Jewish people to be the light to the world. And they messed up. As a nation, God wanted to show the world, all the nations of the world, what God can do through one nation totally yielded to him. And Israel didn't become that nation. So God says that he raised up a generation, another nation, a holy nation, a holy people. That's the church age. And we are peculiar people. We are strangers and pilgrims. Strangers, we're away from home. Pilgrims, we're going home. And God has put us into the world to be the light of the world. That's why he says, ye are the lights of the world. But anyway, look there again at this verse. He says in verse 42, And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them that next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So there's a good possibility that a lot of them believed the message, and they taught them and grounded them, and they continued in the grace of God. But it's not the end of the story. Not everything works wonderful. But remember, when you witness, sometimes you win people. And sometimes you don't win people. You don't win everybody. Some people will be mean and ugly to you, and some people will be wonderful and kind and can't thank you enough. He says in verse 44, And the next Sabbath came, and you got on the line, almost the whole city, the whole city, together to hear the word of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be neat if somehow, some way, they heard the radio broadcast, and lo and behold, The whole city of Tampa came to Calvary next Sunday to hear the word of God. We couldn't hold them. Pack the gymnasium out there. The parking lot full. They're out there full. Wouldn't it be awesome to shake a whole town? 
Oh, I'm ready. Look what he says. He says down here in verse 45, But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy, spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. See those two words? You want to serve the Lord? Want to take a stand for the Lord? You want to count for something? Well, somebody is going to try to say things against you, contradict you, trap you. Remember, even Jesus Christ, they had people come to Christ and try to trap him in his words. To say something, get him to say something he shouldn't have said. You know, kind of like people running for elected office. Trying to catch him some. And sometimes these narrators that will do these, uh, you know, these debates, try to word it in such a way to a certain candidate to try to get them mad at each other. Did you hear what he just said about you? Did you hear that? What do you got to say about that? Mm. They want an argument. They want a fight. They want blood. Don't they? If you ever watch them, you'll see it. Because just like that's what sells newspapers. You know, chaos. Problems. Look what he says down here in verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and says, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And this is a beginning, a change. And you ought to underline that phrase. There comes a division in the word of God in the book of Acts. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. In other words, God wants to use the apostles, those that had seen and heard and been witnesses of all these things that were done unto the ends of the earth. Everybody. Not just the Jews, but everybody. So Peter became the apostle to the circumcision, reference to the Jews. Paul became a missionary apostle to the uncircumcision, the Gentiles. And so he says in verse 28, And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. The Jews were sad, and the Gentiles were glad. The Jews said no, and the Gentiles said yes. So what God has done is set Israel as a nation aside and drafted in or grafted in the Gentiles. And the day will come when God will cut off the Gentiles, will be raptured out, and God will take the, those branches and graft them back in to the natural roots. That's in the book of Romans in chapter 11. So they're set aside only because Israel now believes. But he says, don't you become high-minded as though you've done something great? He says, but because of faith and faith alone. You see, they rejected salvation by faith, and you accepted it by faith. The day will come when Israel once again will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will be saved as in a day at the end of the tribulation period when Christ comes back. So he says in verse 48, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. All those who believe are ordained to receive the free gift of eternal life. God has purpose from the foundation of this world. He has purpose that all believers will receive the free gift of eternal life. And so these that believed 
it was ordained they would receive the free gift of eternal life. The Jews put it from them. He says, you will not come unto me that you might have life. Isn't that going to be a shame whenever they find out they just turned down the only way to go to heaven? The shock that's going to be to them someday. And in verse 49 it says, And they published the word throughout all the area, all the region. Now I don't know if they got their printing presses out, or they just shared the word. Everybody went around telling everybody. And they published it. But look what he says there in verse 50. But the Jews stirred up the devout and the honorable women. Now isn't that something? If you want to cause problems, really cause trouble, stir up the women. You look in this nation right now, in America, and you see all the trouble that we're having in America, and a lot of it, and, and, and women, don't get mad at me, but I can't help it. I don't make these things up. Women are more emotional than men. They're easy to stir up to anger and bitterness and right, because they can't control themselves, and they're easily led. That's why men can take advantage of a woman. That's why they can give you a few drinks and oh, whatever. Why do you think they do that? And the woman ain't smart enough to figure that out? I believe that men ought to be men. And it's a shame when the men aren't men. And sometimes when the men don't do the things they should, a lot of times the women will have to step up because the husbands won't fulfill their responsibilities as a husband. And women have had to fill the gap. And a lot of times men won't go to the mission fields and sometimes the women will go. And God's going to honor them. God's going to bless them. But it could have been so much better. So much more could have been accomplished. Anyway, I'll let that go for a second. Look what he says here in this verse. In verse 50, But the Jews stirred up the devout and the honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Verse 51, But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. I had a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses came to the house one time, and I wouldn't let them inside. You say, why wouldn't you? That's not being very nice. No, I'm not going to let them inside. And I talked to them outside the door. Because I did not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to bless them. God bless No, I don't want God to bless them. And anyway, we had a, a no small discussion. <clears throat> and um, there's always a strong one and there's a weak one. One's a learner, one's a trainer. So I always find out which one is learning. And that's the one I hone in on. The other one has to, hey, oh, oh, excuse me just a minute. I'm, I was talking to this one. Uh, you, you, that's, you're being rude. And I talked to the one that I want to talk to. And so it was. It gets interesting after a while. Well, we got to go. We got somebody waiting on the next corner. I said, "Yeah, right." I said, "If you were winning this argument, you wouldn't want to leave." I says, "I understand how it works. I know how it works. I'm not a beginner." But anyway, they turn around, and they start down the sidewalk, and they're shaking the dust off their feet. And I thought, "You got it all wrong. The wrong one's shaking their feet." But anyway. They shook their dust off their feet and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. See, there's always problems in everything that you do. And if it don't come by way of people saying things, it seems like something happens. There's always going to be somebody that will rip apart and tear down whatever you're trying to build up. Somebody's always got opinion. Little cuts and little digs. Anything that hurts, the world is full of it. You just got to go through that and keep going. Look up here. 
This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Everybody, the Bible says, is a sinner. You and I have committed sin. The whole world is guilty. So the whole world is condemned, and the Bible says that wages of sin is death, and we have to die and go to hell because of sin. See, heaven is perfect, and you and I are not perfect. You have to be righteous as God, and none of us are righteous. We're not good enough to go to heaven by our good deeds. So God says, you and I cannot save ourselves. This church can't save you. I can't save you. You can't save me. There's only one Savior. That's Jesus Christ. So God says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's not by the works of righteousness we are doing. And it's not by the works of righteousness that you shall do. It's not by works, period. Before, now, or after. They have absolutely nothing to do with it. And all your bad works before, or the bad works now, or the bad works in the future, have nothing to do with salvation. Can't affect it, can't touch it. We're already sinners condemned. This hen represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. Now, he has no sin. No cause of death in him. He did not have to die. So the Bible says, because of his love for us, he took all the sin of all the world upon himself, paid for it, came back from the dead. And by him, this man, all, all that believe, you believe he did it for you, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. In other words, by your works. Your works cannot make you righteous, can't make you holy, cannot make you good enough to go to heaven. You can't trust the works today or tomorrow. Never. Salvation is only in the Lord and only of the Lord. So you and I, all we have to do is believe that he did it for us. And he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. No tricks to it, no gimmicks. Best news in all the world. And whenever he saves you and gives you eternal life, he will not and cannot ever take it away because it was given to you by grace because you didn't deserve it. Wouldn't it be a shame for him to take it away because now you don't deserve it? He gave it to you because you didn't deserve it. Why should he take it away? Because you still don't deserve it. Well, you don't deserve it. Now I'm going to take it back. Well, I didn't deserve it when you gave it to me. If you can give it to me without me deserving it, why can't I keep it? Well, you can. That's why you're saved by grace and not of your works. So simple. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, why not right now in the quietness of this moment, just between you and the Lord, talk to the Lord. Or if you're watching by Internet, are you positive, are you certain that if you died today, you know that you'd go to heaven? I'm talking about if you died 10 years from now, do you know that you'd go to heaven? That day you die, whenever it is in the future, do you know positively you're going to heaven? See, I know that because I've trusted Christ as my Savior 51 years ago. And he said he'd never cast me out and never lose me. And so if you've never trusted the Lord, I want you to. But I'm going to ask you in just a moment to let me know by an upraised hand. 
Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And you say, yes, that made sense to me. I believe he did it for me. And I'm going to trust him as my Savior tonight. And if you'll do that, would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down just to let me know. I'd like to have prayer for you. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together and for the free gift of eternal life. We're thankful for these stories you've given us in your word, one soul-winning story after another. And help us, Father, to be found faithful because of the faithfulness we see of others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.